in previous podcasts, I said that no good movie was made until 1993. I would like to amend that for one movie, and that's Die Hard, because uh, this movie's great. Oh, also, Bears Bueller's Day Off. Oh, actually, and Better Off Dead. <laughs> that's another good 80s movie. Welcome to the What's Our Verdict podcast, where we fashion ourselves cinematic judge and jury. My name is JJ Crowder. I'm here with my co-hosts, Mattson Heiner. Better red than dead. Javier Ortiz. What is up, my nerds? And Ian Anderson. Some shit. Do you ever find yourself wondering if you should spend the time, money, or both on a movie? We're here to answer that question for you. Each week, we put a movie on trial, discuss the facts, pass judgment, and let you know our verdict. We appreciate any help growing the podcast. Hit that follow or subscribe button. Tell a friend about us. Go check out our website, whatsourverdict.com, and subscribe to our email list for exclusive content and updates. Today, we're reviewing Die Hard. It was released on July 20th, 1988. It was written by Jeb Stewart, loosely based on a novel, Nothing Lasts Forever by Roderick Thorpe. It was directed by John McTiernan. It starred Bruce Willis, Bonnie Bedelia, Reginald Ville Johnson, Alan Rickman, Alexander Gudinov, Paul Gleason, and Devereaux White. Die Hard is about an NYPD officer who tries to save his wife and several others taken hostage by European terrorists during a Christmas party at the Nakatomi Plaza in Los Angeles. Going to go out on a limb here and say, hopefully nobody's never seen this. But if you haven't seen this movie and you want to avoid spoilers, go watch the movie. I would like to formally welcome you back from North Korea. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Uh, But if you haven't seen it, pause now, go watch the movie, come back, pick up where we left off. If you don't care about spoilers or hopefully you've seen this movie, stick around because we're about to spoil the shit out of this thing and have some good fun. First of all, guys, I have to open with the question that's on everyone's mind. Is this a Christmas movie? Yes or no? Of course it's a Christmas movie. There was a fucking Christmas tree. (laughs) And Christmas music. Christmas is in it. As I say, I think there's more Christmas music in this than most Christmas movies, like official yeah. Christmas movies. It takes place on Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. So, which who's having a company party on Christmas Eve? What kind of toxic work environment is that? I don't know. That work environment didn't look very toxic to me. in California. (laughs) Having just watched Home Alone and Home Alone 2, which I know we're doing the week after, to me, I was looking for reasons why this would be a Christmas movie. And everything you guys referenced, those things are there. But during the meat of this movie, it's pretty easy, in my opinion, to forget that it is revolving around Christmas, where other holiday movies, say, for instance, Home Alone or Home Alone 2, I feel like it's just more in your face. And I I just make this as an action movie. Same elements as Home Alone. It's about family coming together at the end. It's the same thing as Home Alone. There's what should what should be murderous action in the middle of both movies. I don't see Marvin yeah. Harry coming in with heavy assault rifles and a rocket launcher and a bunch of European crazies. They were not different. That they did it better. He might not have rifles and assault, you know, whatever bazookas and shit. But man, that paint can would have taken Marv's head off. So. <laughs> yeah, he dropped a lawnmower on some dude's head in one movie. <laughs> okay, Javier, that is Home Alone three and not discussed. That's a crappy oh, movie. Okay, yeah. sorry, uh, my, my apologies. But we can he still talk about the, one dude, the blowtorch to the head that would have like burnt all the way to his freaking cranium. <laughs> um, I would just, also like to point out, Madsen, that there was a corpse with a Santa hat on it. So nothing gets more Christmas than that. And it said "Ho ho ho" on the shirt. Yeah. 
<laughs> I, I, this is all true. And while I, I still think I could watch this movie outside of the season of Christmas, but the reason is because when I first watched Home Alone, that was during Christmas. So the argument could be made if I watched Die Hard for the first time during like the holiday season, would it have been a Christmas movie for me? It could have been because of all the things you said, the music, the tree, the dead, the dead Santa, all those things. So I think I'm kind of a neutral. I think it depends for me and when you first watch this movie because if you saw this in the summertime i think it's a summer action flick but if it happened to be over christmas sure well, well to be fair, it was released it, it, it's old right? enough to be around when it was released <laughs> that is true is that is i just like that i was Ian's very seven years old I'm, I'm enjoying this ian how could you say something so controversial yet so brave no <laughs> i was just gonna say it was factual but yeah that too it is i was seven years old when this movie came out my None sister of- watched like five minutes of this movie with me and then i had to tell her to leave yeah yeah you probably shouldn't have seen it (laughs) no i didn't see it i you know i saw it probably way too young i I had a friend when i was a kid and i my parents don't listen to this thank goodness but they had you know oh you guys wouldn't remember because your children there was this thing that used to steal cable called the black box and my friend had a black box so he had every channel that was out there period because this black box is his dad worked for the cable company they had this black box that got everything and uh, so it was like, I think it was HBO it was on back in the day when I was, I think I was like 12, over 13 the first time I saw this. Yeah, it was epic and beautiful. And I remember my parents watching it when I was a little kid, like probably nine or 10 when it came out. It was out on VHS and shit. I remember my parents watching it and I came downstairs and my dad's like pausing it going, you take your ass back upstairs. Because it was not appropriate. Yeah, it was one of those things. First time I watched this movie was like two years ago on an really? airplane. Yeah, because wow. there's nothing else to watch. Wow. So and your eyes were opened. Yeah, no, and and then I was like, dude, I'm gonna watch all of these movies. And that <laughs> Ooh, was quickly I, deterred. That was a mistake. <laughs> yes. Yes, it was. That was a big mistake. The second one's terrible. The third so one bad. I enjoyed because Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Willis together is very entertaining. And it had a nice little twist at the end. But the last two have been, oh, God, what the hell are you thinking? Dude, and apparently Willis they're making another one. Oh, really? Yeah. Though I did have a great time. Have you seen these new commercials for the diehard batteries, car batteries? Y- yes, I did. They're epic. They're ridiculous. <laughs> There's one, so it shows Bruce Willis and he's standing out outside this car shop or and he busts through the window. Was like, I need one of those, and he takes this diehard battery. Then it shows him crawling through the ventilation space in the building, and the lady's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and he's got this diehard battery in front of him. He's inching by through the the ventilation shaft. Oh, I must have seen a different one because There's the other one, he, he like his car breaks down or whatever, and he has to like swap out the battery real quick and as soon as he does like these bad guys come like careening over this like wall or whatever ridiculous wild commercials i love it look those up yeah you should they're pretty funny pretty pretty funny so i think it's a christmas movie we watch two movies in my household at christmas time every year no questions asked this is one of them and the other one is for casey and we watch it's a wonderful life every year so in my book this will always be a christmas movie so die hard i have oh do you have questions because i have a comment to make no comment my friend so i i cannot get over the discrepancy in how powerful c4 is in this movie so in one scene he drives Drops a block of C4 down an elevator shaft and it blows that entire floor up. Like in this 
enormous skyscraper office building. The whole floor, glass is shattered. You see it for miles. And then later in the movie, they pack the roof with C4, right? There's like a hundred of these like little squares of C4. So if we're following the same logic, that should level the building, right? Even if even if it's on the roof, that, what? that thing should no, that thing should level square blocks of this city. But we're getting into like 9-11 conspiracy here. I don't know. Dude, one block of C4 blew out an entire floor. What is 50 of these things <laughs> gonna do? It's gonna blow out. 50 of these floors and that was just not the equivalent explosion you know on the roof you have to consider the locale of the explosion so the explosion on the roof is going to go up which the explosion went out of the building right you're going to have some outside explosions when it dropped into the building it went sideways which means everything that's electronic and anything that's in that building which are on completed floors are also going to explode catch fire exponentially growing that explosion whereas on the roof it was a shit ton of c4 but the explosion is going to level the roof and go up what what is in these computers there's no what you got more c4 in these computers I'm not buying that. Dude, electronics and wood and all that shit. Electronics, especially back then. Because they were all the size of a house. I don't know what planet you grew up on. Wood does not explode. I wasn't talking about the wood exploding. I was talking about it burning as it expl- uh, as the everything else explodes. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. They're a little, they're a little inconsistent with the C4. All right. Well, Javier, I got to say, they got the C4 wrong, but they got the glass right. Because this is probably the only movie I've seen where the glass actually cuts characters. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> but only once. Yeah, a couple of times, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, he's got cuts from the very beginning of the movie it's kind of fun to watch the progression of john mcclain throughout this movie because he starts with like a little bit of blood here and then it, by the end he's like his wife sees him and she's like jesus because it's like he's dead man walking just covered <laughs> he's got cuts on his arms and his feet are bleeding all over hell yeah so are, are we supposed to assume that he tried every terrorist shoes because you see him try one and then does he just give up does he just assume all germans have tiny feet <laughs> I think I think at that point, like he just quit trying because he's on the run almost the entire time after that. No, dude, at one him, point he takes the time to call Hans and just just bust this dude's balls while he's rummaging some corpses. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Apparently they all got little tiny feet. Oh, damn. They have really balls. long hair. Yeah. And really. Like, <laughs> dude, some of those people were gorgeous. Man, Germans, some good DNA. Very pure. Thank you. I'm German. <laughs> Al Hitler. Here. Oh my God. Wow. There it is. There it is. That was a direct quote, right, Madsen? So I can keep that. Not from this. Yeah, movie. I was just, I was just <laughs> quoting a movie that we've reviewed before. You quote that movie a lot, bud. <laughs> I've not said Hal Hitler. How? Hail. Hail Hitler. Hal Hitler? Is that like his I'm... younger brother or something? <laughs> <laughs> come everyone always says Hal Hitler and never how is Hitler. Hal me. You know? Hal me. Hal me. Oh, goodness. So one of my favorite parts of this movie is when he throws the body out the window to get Big Al's attention. Aimed. Yeah. Like, Jeez. It's so fun. Like the cops, he's sitting there like telling them everything's good. It was no problems. And all of a sudden you just see this head come through his windshield. And then, and then of course, the ball, mother of Jesus. Yeah. And he's backing up and he's like, they're making a Swiss cheese out of my car. <laughs> Send everything now. And then, like, the, one of the greater one-liners in this movie is, welcome to the party, pal. Like, 
<laughs> fucking love it. I say that shit all the time. Like people will be like, especially when someone's not getting a joke or something, and then they all of a sudden it dawns on them and they're like, oh yeah, that's my favorite. Welcome to the party, pal. <laughs> Dude, I love when they're talking about, they're like, oh, you're just like a typical American, grew up watching too many cowboy movies. You know, you don't get to be John Wayne right now. <laughs> more partial to Roy Rogers, actually. Yes. Dude, I loved his attitude through the whole, through all of that. Like, oh, yeah. Well, that, that gave way to him, what I'm sure Matson would refer to as the greatest one liner because he follows oh, yeah. it up with Han says, Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? And he follows it up with, Yippee Kaye, motherfucker. Damn it, I was trying to get Matson to say it. <laughs> I, I would have. I know. It was in context of the movie, but my, I mean, clearly was stolen by Javier. So <laughs> I, you, I couldn't help it. That is the bet. Like, Honestly, there's some pretty bad Die Hard movies, and that line will always make up for it. They could make oh, yeah. a Die Hard movie out of just stick figure animation, and if they had that line, I'd be like, "What a great movie! I'd watch that again." Except in like Die Hard Four, they cut him off because they rated it PG thirteen. Is that when he shoots himself through the shoulder? It's something like that. But he's like Yippee Kaye, mother, and then it cuts, and I'm like, or he shoots himself. There was something. Yeah, like that's some bullshit right I there. Thought that was epic though, right? Because because the bad guys monologuing. And like digging his pistol into his sh like wounded shoulder, and he's like, "What do you want your tombstone to say?" And he's like, "How about Yippee Kaye, mother?" And he shoots himself through the shoulder into the bad guy. Yeah, I'm like, that's dope. Uh, yeah, that that is one of my favorite scenes from the later one. Yeah, yeah. so dope. How about Yippee Kaye? I say that sometimes, actually. Oh, I'm I know. Yippee Kaye, motherfucker. That's a great line. How, how about Yippee Kaye? All right, anyway, it doesn't work coming it. from Javier. Let me just tell you. <laughs> Our audience right now okay well i'm pretty sure as long as i don't say hail hitler i can get away with <laughs> hey i'm all for it hail hitler. oh man jesus help me <laughs> this podcast being what's our verdict is in no way shape or form encouraging you to say hail hitler but we are sponsored by hitler <laughs> You guys are making my job so difficult. <laughs> we are not sponsored we're, by Hitler. We're sponsored by Hail Hill. Which there is, you go. You know, In reality, we're sponsored by Jojo Rabbit. And we're not either because I don't want to get freaking dinged for copyright infringement when they <laughs> when I say we're sponsored by them and the, their studio well, we, says, no, you weren't an asshole. We can't just send them an invoice. Be like, hey, you <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> sponsored us. This podcast takes buco bucks to run. Exactly. That'll be $100 million. <laughs> Bucks. Oh God! If That's only. Great. You know what I love about this movie is it gets right down to business too. Like you get about twenty minutes of introduction, him off the plane, meeting Argyle, who's by far one of the funnier people in any movie, and then all of a sudden you just go right into the action. Like he's in there cleaning himself up, laughing at himself for doing the make fists with your toes in the carpet, and then the gunfire just starts, and from then on, like it's just one hundred percent go. And I just love that. Like it's just two hours of fun and action argyle reminded me of chris rock yeah kind of i do enjoy argyle uh, i want to yeah. be a limo driver yeah i don't know if he was a very good one because he was supposed to be going to las vegas but he was just on the phone for like five hours <laughs> dude that guy was t-boned the one guy pretty well he was an excellent driver for <laughs> didn't hurt himself at all and totally took that guy out <laughs> No airbags funny. deployed. Yeah. Who's the 80s? I was just saying, no, they didn't I believe in airbags. I don't even Steel know if they had cars. airbags. <laughs> 
but Jake I did laugh Jake at that part. Alive. Yeah, no shit. Especially considering us 80s kids, we did dumb shit. Like I used to ride in the shelf that was the back window of my parents' 1987 Buick Regal Limited. Like the window wow. was like out so you could lay in this little shelf. Like there would always be like dead bugs and shit up there. <laughs> yeah, the, only, the only memory I have of an old car is my dad had this red Thunderbird. Don't even know what year it was. And I touched the light and it burned my finger. And I hated that car ever since then. My dad had like a 78 Camaro, I think. It was a bitching car. Silver with T-tops and red leather. Dude, I would drive a 78 Camaro today. Those cars Dude, I would are too. dope. I was so pissed when he got rid of it. Of course, as a kid, I didn't care. Because my problem was, as like a six-year-old kid, I'd get in that red leather and my legs would stick to it. And it'd be hot as fuck in the summer. I hated that shit. Now, as an adult, I'm like, why did we ever get rid of that car? That shit was a classic. It was yes. beautiful. 78 Camaro. I grew up with a very old Volkswagen. Oh, what do you call the vans? The Volkswagen buggy or whatever? No. Yeah, the, yeah bus. the bus. And Volkswagen man, that thing bus. broke down all the time. There were times when the door on the side would just randomly open. We had constant <laughs> breakdowns on our way to like the beach. That thing was like the bane of our existence. Oh, man. It was, it was a great day when it finally was decommissioned after being in our family for like 17 years. It sucked. Yeah. Amazing. Cars in the 80s. With our guy, though, when he gets out and punches, that dude in the face now what he's uh, not gonna stay knocked him? out for the rest of the night like <laughs> he just punches no. him and then he's like yeah i'm a badass and i'm sitting there and it's the first time i've ever thought about it but i was like that's it like that dude's probably got a gun somewhere <laughs> he just got done being part of a hit squad dude, so people in action movies stay knocked out for a concerning amount of time right like, they come to like 45 minutes later i'm like you have brain damage probably you should not be knocked out that long not to mention they all have glass jaws i swear to god yeah one like, pun. yeah like you don't hit that dude like he hits him and he's out cold that just doesn't happen through a car window having to come up and then and then punch down a little bit yeah. yeah and it looks like he hits him in like the cheek oh, dude, you got to hit him either in the temple square on or in the jaw to even come close to knocking him out like that no but he's a computer nerd it'd be like punching matson you know <laughs> fair enough wow. <laughs> <laughs> i've taken a punch from javier he punches okay why you've never taken a punch from me taking a punch from you before my dreams oh okay you dream about I have me taking huh? a punch i have taken a punch to the face for my for my friend in my sophomore year when i was dating his sister he was very upset at me that morning grabbed me out of the back of the toyota tacoma we were riding it and sucker punched me right in the face and then proceeded to mount me and then put a couple more on me for no good reason to this day still a very weird subject to bring up with that friend i mean you were dating his sister so I, you can't officially say no good reason kissed at her that morning like i lobbed it and then he just lost his just and the weird thing is we had second period together and we sat right next to each other in uh what was that 10th grade english he didn't say a word to me till the very end because i was like look we gotta we gotta talk here this is just awkward <laughs> oh, shit. right here just bam did get knocked out like the computer nerd so suck it javier <laughs> <laughs> but was your That's friend bad. another All computer right. nerd no, he was a middle linebacker on our football team. So oh, okay, yeah. never mind. I've I've met this guy. He's pretty big. Like yeah, how many knows who I'm talking about? Oh. So yeah, yeah. He, he he punched me pretty good. Especially if you're not expecting it. Like he's bigger than I am. And so like well, yeah, good on you, man. Enough, Wait, yeah. I was Wait, man enough to still be his friend. And I didn't even say the worst part is I had to get back in the car with him after like 20 minutes later because I did not want to walk to school so his sister could drive us to school. So 
That's awkward. All you kids out there that listen to us, get your licenses because you're just going to need that. Don't rely yeah. on Uber or Lyft or back in the day, don't rely on walking. Like who does that anymore? Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good uh, plug for our 13-year-old fan base. Um, I don't think we have one, but if we did. And for good measure, like from an, from an 80s kid to a bunch of children, get your face out of your phone. Like get a car so you can work on it because nobody ever got laid in the back of an iPhone. I ain't trying to work on a car. <laughs> That's why I go to Jiffy Lube. <laughs> you can get a diehard battery just, while he's at Just it. for oil changes, okay? I have a mechanic friend. I think that's a very 80s thing to say because I bet you there's a bunch of kids who have gotten laid because of their phones. You know, That's fair enough. So. Nowadays, that's about the only way to get laid is have an iPhone and swipe one way or another. Dude, I miss that whole dating, Craig, the whole like swipe dating thing. I feel like I'd be really good at it. <laughs> I would not. I feel like I'm, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not like going to on that because my wife does listen to this sometimes. From, <laughs> <laughs> from friends I have that use that like for that purpose, like I'm like, they tell me about it and I'm like, I could never do it because I'm not good at like that online chatting shit. Like I couldn't like say funny shit through text. Like that's just not what I do. I'm, I'm mm. lucky if I say funny shit in person. So. Javier, I think your problem would be you don't have JJ to edit out your responses, so <laughs> that, you might that get in be, trouble. That would be tough. Me editing myself is a feat, and it's exhausting. Yeah, I do know. <laughs> <laughs> I know very well, sir. <laughs> uh, anyway, All so right. Die Hard. Yeah, right? Die Hard. That's <clears throat> why I love this podcast. This shit's <laughs> funny as hell. This is why I was excited for this episode. He's talking about Die Hard and let it go where it goes. Let's, let's, uh, I want to, I want to play a little game. How about that? Let's talk about some one liners and let's see how it goes. We've talked about a couple already. The one that makes me laugh the most, okay, not the most, probably like second or third most. But when he's trying, when he's on the radio and he's talking to the night, like the operator, the police through like the 911, but it's not actually 911 because he's on the oh. emergency line. Oh, yeah. and she goes, attention, whoever you are, this channel is rever- reserved for emergency calls only. He's like, no fucking <laughs> shit, ladies. It sound like I'm ordering a pizza. Like I can lose my <laughs> shit every time on that line. Which So many what, good ones. What was that? Was that just him flipping through channels on a radio and hoping to get a hold of the police? Is that a thing? No, there's like specific emergency frequencies you can tune into. Oh, and he knows it because he's a cop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are they the same? You know country? By the way, the CB radio wouldn't pick up the police. Just side note. No. That was drove oh, me nuts. I actually didn't know that. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, the CB in the in the, the limo, because Argyle's yeah. listening in. Yeah. Which also is another funny line, by the way. After they blow up the the tank that comes to the front door mm-hmm. and they're talking on the CB, because he's saying, I don't even remember what he says to the guy, but it's the the other guy. Anyway, he says something and John McClane's like, yeah, well, I'm not the one that just got butt-fucked on national television. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and, like, all you see is Argyle start giggling because he, like, <laughs> he's listening in. I like yeah. the line at the end when the reporter is interviewing him and his wife, and I don't remember what his exact question was like something about like hey how do you feel she didn't even there was no one-liner there was a one fist am stalked him but then the best part is after he's like did you get that because yeah. <laughs> he'd been asking it the whole movie did you get that did you get that and what a douchebag like we were about to make Douche it through this movie. exactly we were about to make it through this whole movie without mclean holly getting figured out who she was until that mm. asshole had to go to her and threaten the poor housekeeper babysitter lady what an asshole messed up media man media dude don't even get media. me started bunch of assholes i think my favorite it's not much of a one-liner but it's his like raspy laugh 
that he has. Like when the fire trucks are coming, he does it a couple other times. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. I try to imitate it, but I don't feel like I do it justice. Yeah. I kind of going with that. Like, I love that he's always talking to himself. Yeah. Like, I'm out to the coast. We'll have a few laughs. <laughs> Yeah, that was really mature, John. Wait, that's no. that's my good. That's really yeah, I like that one. Though I do love Holly does get a great one when the dude's like freaking is when Carl like is breaking shit after he gets away in the glass with all the glass shooting, and Holly's like he's still alive, and the pregnant lady's like what? She goes only John can drive somebody that crazy, mm-hmm. dude. Like, great dig. She kept talking about John. I'm like, shut up, lady. Right? Like, stop <laughs> talking about John. Stop telling people that he's here and he's running around killing terrorists. Like. Yeah, blew it with Ellis, right? Like, oh, dude, she frustrated me. I'm glad you bring up Ellis. Like, is it poor Ellis? Is it bad that I like kind of get happy when Ellis gets plugged? Dude, he is the most annoying crackhead I've like ever seen on television. I'm like, like, first of all, quit snorting coke, dude. This is not the time. (laughs) Apparently, his boss is okay with it. Like, super okay with it. Like, brushed it off. It was the 80s, man. Everybody snorted. Okay, <laughs> dude that I, that's another good line when he's he at the very beginning when we first meet ellis and he's on holly's desk snorting cocaine and john mcclain this cop's like you missed some <laughs> yeah <laughs> dude snorting coke on someone else's desk that is big dick energy yeah. dude, that is like huge cojones right and like, then immediately embarrassing his wife and him by saying yeah bitch what do you do for we gave her a Rolex. <laughs> Show yeah. it to him. I'm good. You weirdo. He's such a prick. And that moment when he realizes he's about to die, like he's like, John, John. And he gets his face like, oh shit, I'm fucked. <laughs> hey, like, at least he didn't out him. the wifey because I hadn't True. seen this until long. I thought he was going to mm-hmm. do that. And then I was like, better just kill him. And in fact, I guess maybe they didn't want to reveal their cards too soon with getting her kind of caught up in that. But I was wondering why, why didn't they just have him? Because that would have been the logical step when he started panicking he would have been like no 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 i i know he's married his wife's right here i never i never realized why they didn't go that route because to me that would have been very believable because i would have panicked and he's obviously a self-conceited douche and i feel like that's what he would have done it's a good point and i don't disagree with you i think and i like to think to make myself feel better about the fact that he didn't was that one that's his only redeeming thing in the whole movie is that he actually never did give her up and two i my brain says that would have been in his next move, but Hans didn't give him the chance. And Hans was just like, I'm done. I'm not getting anywhere with this guy. So he shoots him because he kind of shoots him mid-sentence. Like it's, it's not like there was any resolution and he was just like, no, I'm done. This is a waste of my time now. Mm-hmm. But I think he probably would have too, based on what he does the rest of the damn movie. Yeah, I think so. Imagine snorting Coke and still being as stupid as Alice. Yeah. Like, <laughs> what a waste. What a yeah, waste of perfectly good Coke. Seriously, the actor though is pretty great because that line where he goes, Hans, booby, like that was ad libbed. And then the look on Hans's face when he did it was like an actual reaction because it wasn't <laughs> part of the script. <laughs> he so did was... play a pretty good, like, investment banker prick, right? Yeah. Like, he was pretty good at that. <laughs> Very good. And when he's like, he's like, you, something to the extent of like, use a gun, I use a, a, a ballpoint pen. Those things, they're very similar. And you're just like, what? like the whole time Hans is like, wow, you figured that out all on your own, huh? Like, yeah. I must have missed that in 60 minutes. 
When he, I think he says it like three or four times, like, well, nothing gets by you, ALS, or some shit like that. It's fucking great. <laughs> so here's an interesting fact for you, because rest in peace, Alan Rickman. Man, what a great... This was his first feature film. All yeah, he had done job. before that was stage acting, oh, a little bit of stage job. acting, and British television. So this was his first day. And apparently he was like terrified most of the movie, because he was like, I don't want to screw up my first major motion picture. But yeah, first one. Man, he had such a promising career, you know, like potential. And they just sullied it with Harry Potter, you know. I know. It's hard to, I know. Uh, hard to respect uh, an actor after that, you know. <laughs> uh, you're going to disgrace him like that after we just said rest in peace? Jeez, dude. Oh, that's, that's right. I forgot he's dead. Yeah. I mean... Uh, it's another reason that I don't watch the Harry Potter films because I don't want to see Severus Snape. I don't want to ruin my image of Alan Rickman. Snape. I don't think he Snape. sucked as Severus Snape. Snape. I thought he was pretty good. Did I'm we? sure he was, but it's still Harry Potter and it's Alan Rickman. His movies are terrible. I need to keep my Alan Rickman hype up because he's one of my favorites. But Alan Rickman did great in this yeah. movie. Like I really liked him as Hans Gruber. I liked him. My one of my favorite parts with him is when he gets caught by McLean checking on the explosives, and he immediately goes into like this American accent and freaks mm-hmm. out, like "Oh, don't kill me!" I, I was like, "That's really believable." To a point that I was like, "I don't begrudge McLean for kind of." half trusting him right and saying mm-hmm. i'll give you the benefit of the doubt it's a pretty fun performance and he's just sitting there chilling on the wall and the fact that he remembered the guy's name to give him like the actual bill clay i just i like that part it was a good yeah. call on alan and thankfully he got this part because he did so much after because that did you know it, a lot of it came because of this so yeah yeah he did real good i feel like every office needs to have a private bathroom that was a, yeah. That was a, yeah. that was a pretty cool thing where i'm like man that that would make me feel like i made it absolutely that's a big dick energy move right there (laughs) that's that's big everything you could have big bowel movement energy there (laughs) it's all by yourself yes another performance that i really enjoyed was sergeant pal good old al pal the relationship between him and mclean is really cool like i really enjoy their back and forth throughout the movie good serious funny all of that shit i like that what'd you guys think of that I felt like there was more emotion in Powell and McLean coming together than when he got back with his wife. <laughs> you know yeah, I mean? that's like, true. That's very fair. I didn't like the deputy police chief. Right? Yeah. I didn't like his. I didn't not only like didn't like his character. I didn't like his acting. Right, like the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, oh yeah, this is like fun acting. Like I'm not even thinking about the acting, right? Because I'm just like kind of having fun with the story. And then he comes in, and it is like glass shattering. Like there is a huge difference between his acting and everyone else we've seen. And I just could not focus on the on like his scenes because like you're not good. Like you, this doesn't feel natural. Like you feel weird. And I I saw I to speak of Powell. Like I really like Powell, but then after this deputy chief gets on scene, it's almost, it's Powell with him almost every scene. And so I felt like I couldn't really appreciate that as much because this dude was just like screaming in his ear. <laughs> I don't know. Man, I might no. be on an island here, but I just, yeah, well, I don't like his. Getting, getting onto that point, the one, other one thing that, the only really thing that bothers me about this movie is the portrayal of the police chief for one, like you just talked about Javier, but then the FBI, I'm like, what in the world? Like they just paint them as these power cutting, helicopter wielding, want to shoot them up bad guys that have no brain or a conscious idea of how to stop these terrorists and i just thought i was like this movie just just freaking sucker punched the fbi right in the face 
and said, you guys are douchebags that don't know how to do anything. Yeah. They just yeah. follow the playbook step by step. Dude, and when they were in the <laughs> helicopter, it was cold. Where they're like, what do you think the fallout's going to be? It's like, I, ex- I expect we'll lose 20, 25%. Like, I'm good with guys, that. No, I, yeah, can I can live, live with, with that. that. Like, but ugh. can we just say, did you guys see their names in the credits? Because they're Agent Johnson and Johnson, right? Mm-hmm. They call mm-hmm. in the credit. The, the white guy is Big Johnson. And the black guy is Little Johnson. <laughs> That's their credited at character names. And though there is a great line in that helicopter too, where the the old white guy's like hooping and hollering and woo guying, and he's like, "Yeah, feels like Saigon." Oh, do you remember that? And he's like, "I was in junior high, you dick." What is Saigon? I did that. I did not. Yeah, I missed Vietnam. that one. From Vietnam, dude. <laughs> okay. God, you're okay. a child. <laughs> I, I'm a child. <laughs> yeah, Saigon is part of Vietnam. Oh, okay. So that yeah. explains a lot why that guy's so messed up. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, goodness. Uh, oh, oh, so the scene coming after that when John wrapped the, the fire hose around his waist, jumps off the building doesn't snap his spine uh, yeah amazing first of all but that part where he's like i swear i will never even think about being on a tall building ever again please god <laughs> don't die <laughs> he's like please don't let me die right before he <laughs> yeah, and how does that how does the fire hose thing when it's like smash up against the side of the skyscraper not just go over completely i was like yeah the physics don't seem to make sense there yeah. yeah, it like got caught in the corner and it just stopped. And then conveniently fell down when he was falling inside the building. I was like, hmm, could have just not showed me that and it would have been better. There was a lot of really good timing in this movie. <laughs> Let's real quick talk about that fight scene between him and Carl. Carl's the size of a that building and he's like... Which one is Carl? See the one big he- blonde dude that he killed his brother and they have the big epic ah, fight yeah, yeah. scene where they're like it sounds like they're hitting each other with freaking baseball bats because the sound effects are so nice oh i was thinking of like slabs of meat yeah <laughs> that would work too. but they've all got like pool noodles like those and they're just whacking each other with them that's what it sounds like but i like he's beating the shit out of him and he's just taunting this guy like he's like you should have heard your brother squeal when i broke his fucking neck as he's oh, like yeah. punching He's like, I'm gonna fucking kill you. I'm gonna I'm gonna cook you and I'm gonna eat, eat you. you. I'm like, holy crap, holy crap, dude. <laughs> Seriously, like it was just like fucking crazy. And he wraps the, the chain around his neck and sends him just screaming to the wall. That was brutal. Oh, man. So I think we'd all like to think that we'd be John McClane in this. I would absolutely be one of the old dudes just pissing my pants. Because I, I was thinking as all the hostages run at, down from the roof, they have to pass that dude who's like basically been hung with chains, right? Yeah. I'd be like, I need to see a therapist. Right? <laughs> yeah. Like this is, this is scary. <laughs> seriously oh what a crazy movie i love yeah it. i mean i would we all yeah very good point hopper we all like to think yeah i'm gonna be john mcclain but hey man i have a better chance of just hanging in the back of the party than being a john mcclain because he could have died and probably should have died numerous times but apparently size doesn't matter in a fight which if you're professionally trained maybe 
But man, some of those dudes were just really big. I will say, though, that one of my favorite parts of this movie is like the everyman feel of it. Like, yes, John McClane is just this normal NYPD cop. And you also he's not indestructible. Like how many movies are these heroes that are going through this shit? And they might have like a little cut on their face or something like. But this dude looks like he's been bathing in blood like <laughs> he's, by the end of the movie. And they so his tank top too. like they had like 17 different tank tops with different levels of soiling throughout the movie that he would have uh-huh. to change into as it went that would get darker and bloodier and more ripped and shredded but i just love that uh, especially like he's sitting in the bathroom and he's pulling the glass out of his feet uh gives me the heebie-jeebies as he pulls that giant chunk uh, uh, at least it's real because a lot of times you see stuff like that and he might have like one little chunk in the hero's foot this dude's feet are bleeding even an hour later when he's trying to kick in the window as he's hanging from the top of this building and the blood smearing on the glass he's trying to kick from the foot wound that's still bleeding and then he's hobbling at the end just like limping in with the gun it's like ah <laughs> hi honey <laughs> Let's rate it. Javier, why don't you start? Okay, I'm going to start. Here we go. I am going to give this a four. Dude, it's so fun. It is such a stupid 80s action movie. There's just so much wrong with this movie that, like, you don't even care, right? Like, they're such dicks to Californians. (laughs) The whole time. (laughs) And being a Californian, uh, I did not take that personally because everyone knows that California is better than New York. So anyway, uh, I'm going to give this four it was awesome it's such a fun action movie especially since it's from the 80s so i in previous podcasts i said that no good movie was made until 1993 i would like to amend that for one movie and that's die hard because uh, this movie is great that's oh also ferris bueller's day off oh actually and better off dead that's another good 80s movie that is a good one. there's a lot of good 80s movies there. i hate to break your heart but nah there's only three if you haven't seen them, I'll introduce you to them sometime. Nah, that's, I don't that's need my, to. That's my I know decade. I've seen all the good 80s movies. <laughs> all three of them. All three of them. <laughs> and then, yeah, I'd watch this again. I've watched this like four times. So, yeah, I'll watch it again. Ian. Yeah, I'm going to go with a four as well. Especially, it's always entertaining to look at how many movies have tried to to do the Die Hard thing. And you can just describe movies as like Die Hard in a mall. Die Hard <laughs> at the White House. Die Hard, you know, and people instantly know what you're talking about. It's way fun. I'll definitely watch it again next Christmas because it's a Christmas movie. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was waiting for someone to put that in there. If he hadn't, I was going to. Matson. On that note, if you're looking like I am, I have a lot of nieces and nephews to watch a Christmas movie. I would caution, <laughs> maybe wait till they get a little older because you don't want them to understand ho, ho, ho on a dead man's body in reference to Santa Claus. So I would say there's an age limit to uh, when this becomes a Christmas movie, maybe. But if you don't care and you want to ruin someone like they did JJ when he started watching this when he was a lot younger, just go for it. He turned out great. But this movie, I mean, it's an 80s movie, like Javier's talking about. The acting from some people is really great. The acting from other people, you're like, I probably could have acted that part and it would have been just the same, which is not saying much. <laughs> and if you it's want over the top, if you want over the top explosions that don't make sense, 
from like a physics standpoint, this movie's got that too. It's pretty, I mean, talk about a serious fireball. Two of them, scary stuff. Three if of them. Wanna, three the off, tank. you're right. The three, tank. I forgot about that. If you want a love story, not between a man and a wife, but between a man and a man, <laughs> this is also that movie. And Very all they just, be, they come closer and closer together via radio. I mean, touching stuff right there. And if you want to, my opinion- end. The, the hug. Uh, the quick full hug. embrace <laughs> as they giggle. And then the last thing I wanted to say, if you want a really good villain, all, all things considered, made a lot of fun and a lot of lightheartedness about this movie. The villain of this movie, you have a lot of depth. It's extremely well acted. I think it's it's a villain that makes you want to come back and watch this movie. And I, I think the last thing for me is we've used the word fun a lot. This movie, while it, I feel like maybe took itself very seriously, I think what is good about what we like about this movie is is it didn't necessarily portray that well on screen. It's more of kind of, in my opinion, a funnier action movie that has a lot of, I mean, intense scenes in it, but it just, it comes across more as a comical, like shoot 'em up movie that that's why I'd return and watch it again. I will definitely watch this again as I have before. So, oh, my rating. Yeah, your score. Sorry, solid four. four. Yeah, I love this movie. I watch it every Christmas and I can't wait to introduce my nieces and nephews to it when they're old enough for my <laughs> sister to not want to castrate me when I show it to them so that they understand the beauty of the Christmas movie that is Die Hard. One thing I didn't talk about that I noticed this time that I don't think I've ever noticed is the first 30 minutes is really intense like the build-up especially when you know what's coming like i was sitting there going man this is kind of tense the music's dark the lighting's dark even in california the only time it's bright was when they were in the car driving to the place so i really liked the way that they set up the tension and then it goes dude this is the movie that took bruce willis from comedian to serious actor so an action star had a comedian yeah dude this and not a stand-up comedian but he did comedies like he had just finished a tv show called moonlighting for like five years that was nothing but a sitcom yeah Bruce Willis was a yeah. com- was a Ow. comedy star long before he was action. This was his first action role ever. And they picked him because Shut of his comedic up. chops. So he could deliver those lines that we all know and love that are funny as hell in the middle of an action movie. That's why he got picked. He was the Dude. first of the comedic action stars. That is amazing. the way for Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah. Dude, I was just thinking that, Matson. I was like, one day there's going to be a generation that doesn't know that he was a he was a wrestler, right? Or he yep. was in Tooth Fairy. Yeah. Did ever see that movie? <laughs> and there's a generation that obviously had no idea that Bruce Willis was a comedic actor before he was an action star. So anyway, it made him, it brought Alan Rickman into the worldwide spotlight. So I, I can't fault the movie too much as far as that goes. Had some great one-liners. I got to drop one more before we go. And that was when they were talking to the boss, Tagaki, or what was his name? Son yeah, of a bitch. Yeah. Tagaki. Takagi. Takagi. He says, you throw quite a party. I didn't realize they celebrated Christmas in Japan. And this guy right off the cuff says, hey, we're flexible. Pearl Harbor didn't work out, so we got you with tape decks. (laughs) (laughs) What a a great line. Anyway, I love love the comedy. I love the action. I love the intensity. I love the ridiculousness of this movie because it's so much fun. I give it all the leeway in the world because I know it's not realistic. It's supposed to be shocking and crazy. I've watched just a million times i'll watch it a million more every year on christmas or around christmas i will watch this movie it's earliest i've watched it in december in a very long time so i'm not going to give it a perfect movie because that'd be ridiculous but it is a four and a half to me 
believe. I, I, I've been going back and forth the whole hour we've been talking, whether to give it a five or a four and a half. But I will give it a four and a half because to say it's the perfect movie, there's way too many things that are just unrealistic in it. But that's what makes it fun. So four and a half for me. There we go. We got three fours and a four and a half. Go check out Die Hard and you haven't seen this movie. Or if you have, go relive why it's so entertaining. It holds up from 1988. I mean, it's 32 years later and it's still epically good. Go check it out. Matt, so why don't you tell everybody where they can find us? Yeah, you can listen to us wherever good podcasts are found. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Ghana, many others. Check us out on whatsaverdict.com. Chime in with us on Instagram and Facebook. We're excited to bring you some great holiday movies after this one. It's going to be a good month. Those of you that are, that are on our email list, you got our email today showing you what we're doing for the month of December. You can also see that, like Mattson said, at whatsaverdict.com. Next week, we're getting back into our arbitration series, you guys. We haven't done one in a while. So we're doing Home Alone 1 and... And Home Alone 2 versus each other. It's the first time we've ever done a sequel versus the originator. So should be entertaining. Come check us out next week for that. After that, we got two new movies coming. So we'll look forward to telling you about those as they come out. Thanks for joining us, guys. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one. Bye-bye now. Bye. Cinemagic out. Guys, we should tweet Macaulay Culkin. Whoa!